Buenos dias from Greenway Parks. This is the Rorschach Argentina update from Thursday, the 3rd of February, 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Argentina. Last week ended on a high note with news of a preliminary agreement with the International Monetary Fund. After a deadline for a partial payment of more than 700 million U.S. dollars was met, President Fernandez announced that Argentina and the IMF had agreed for the country to reach a balanced primary budget in 2025, a key first step to renegotiating the remaining $40 billion debt. This is great news for the country, and especially for the president, considering the responsibility of paying the remaining debt will fall on whoever takes office after he leaves his position in late 2023. After all, specialists seem to agree that it is highly unlikely that Fernandez will seek to be re-elected after all the complications and controversies that have sprung up due to the pandemic. That said, Argentina and the IMF must continue working toward reaching a staff-level agreement that establishes the final arrangements and the fine print. Until then, this is more of an understanding than an agreement. Under the New Deal, the government will have to progressively reduce its fiscal deficit from the 3% it had in 2021 to less than 1% in 2024. However, Fernandez said that the deal would not directly force the government to reduce public spending or raise prices. The question remains then, how will the fiscal deficit be reduced without price increases or reduction of public spending? The economy minister simply replied that there will be more tax revenue. He also said that this understanding slash agreement was the best deal they could have reached and that it won't jeopardize the development of Argentina's economy. The only certainty is that default would have been worse, and that, at least, we're already seeing a steep increase in shares of Argentina companies. Interestingly, Maximo Kirchner, who was the leader of the ruling coalition's bloc in the Chamber of Deputies and the son of Vice President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, decided to resign his post after the deal. He said that he did not support the approach nor strategy used in the negotiation with the IMF and that he would step down from his role to facilitate the work of the president and his people. It is common knowledge that the vice president is also not thrilled with the agreement, but she didn't expect her son to resign. Yet, for better or for worse, the markets seem to see this as positive news, as his departure could untie the hands of Economy Minister Martin Guzman in terms of economic decisions. Moving on from the hottest story of the week, let's dive into more business-related news from the private sector. This week, Santander Group, launched their new digital bank in Argentina called OpenBank. OpenBank got its start a few years ago in Germany, Portugal, and the Netherlands in addition to Spain, and it's now looking to expand its business in Latin America. Fintechs are out in full force. Argentine startup Uala is launching in Colombia this week, also in a bid to continue its Latin American expansion. At the same time, another Argentine fintech called Mabex, originally from the province of Córdoba, has been growing at the speed of crypto. The company announced this week 
that it had closed a deal with English investors with a strong focus on the development of crypto asset transactions. Meanwhile, J.P. Morgan is planning to hire more than 500 people in Latin America. This will be centered mainly in its Buenos Aires office, but also in the rest of its Latin American hubs in Chile, Colombia, Peru, Brazil, and Mexico. The e-commerce giant Mercado Libre is also looking to hire more than 200 new employees across the country. Speaking of Mercado Libre, a new report by the company in collaboration with the University of San Andres warns that in January alone, the average rent has gone up 7% in Buenos Aires City. According to the study, this increase stems from a preference for renting apartments over houses, as the price of the latter dropped more than 3% in the same period. Since we're talking about Buenos Aires City, starting the 1st of February, penalties for drivers who test positive in a breathalyzer test will have to face stricter consequences. For starters, they will lose their driver's license for a period between two months and two years, depending on the blood alcohol level, and pay a fine ranging from 8,000 to 100,000 pesos, between 70 and 900 U.S. dollars, approximately, according to the official exchange rate. According to the government's statistics, one in five fatal car accidents were caused by alcohol consumption, which is why breathalyzer controls increased by 180% in the last five years. In Buenos Aires City and most of the province, the blood alcohol limit stands at 0.5 grams per liter, For private vehicles, 0.2 grams per liter for motorcyclists and 0 grams per liter for beginners and professional drivers. However, many cities have zero-tolerance policy for everyone, such as Córdoba, Neuquén, and Mar del Plata. So be sure to check with the local authorities. Now, what else do you need to drive? Gas. And who is one of the main distributors? IPFA. Well, we have good news and bad news coming from Argentina's state energy firm. The bad news is that fuel prices increased by 9% on average this Wednesday, the 2nd of February, the first increase since last May. The good news is that the company has signed a three-year, $300 million multilateral loan that will be granted by the Andean Development Corporation, and will be used to finance investments related to sustainable projects. Speaking of collaboration, Argentina and Chile seem to have reached an agreement to unblock the truck queue that had formed at the border crossing. You may recall that a few weeks ago we touched on how the COVID-19 health controls were delaying some 3,000 vehicles at the border between both countries. These were even affecting the tourists trying to get into each country by land at the Cristo Redentor crossing, the most frequented one between Argentina and Chile. Now authorities from each country established a new protocol that exempts drivers who present a PCR test performed 48 hours before their arrival at the border from taking the antigen test. On that note, Let's do a quick revision of the entry requirements Argentina has in place right now, as some things have changed in the last week. In a previous episode, 
we learned that the government had eliminated the requirement to get a PCR test prior to entering Argentine territory for residents and nationals who were fully vaccinated. But what happens with regular tourists? Well, in that case, you will be required to present a negative PCR test taken within 72 hours before boarding your flight or a negative antigen test taken within 48 hours prior, which is new. However, you will be exempt from this requirement if you are an airline crew member transiting the country through an international airport for less than 24 hours, have had coronavirus within 90 days of your trip, and have a certificate of discharge if you're a resident of a neighboring country or you have spent the last 14 days in a neighboring country or if you're a child under six. If you're fully vaccinated, you can enter Argentina without having to quarantine. Also, you must fill in an electronic affidavit within 48 hours of traveling and have medical insurance with comprehensive coverage for coronavirus. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Ads are the villains in podcasts. Be the hero and save the audience from listening to a mediocre ad about a beverage you won't ever buy. You can do that by telling your friends about us. Spread the word. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at argentina at rorschach.com or follow us on Instagram at Rorschach Argentina and Twitter at Rorschach underline ARG. Nos vemos el próximo jueves. Thank you.